I mostly listen. I ask the candidates first, what are your expectations? And typically they'll let me know. Sometimes they say, I don't want to say, but what's, what's your range? And then I'll just, I'll just say to them, I'm just, I like to recruit from a very open and transparent viewpoint and talking about the numbers is important. I mean, people aren't working for free. This isn't a nonprofit, you know? So, so culture is huge. That's why my candidates are looking. They want to be paid fairly and flexibility. So the companies that are having candidates come back to work full-time, they're really losing out on talent. Welcome to Authentic Energy, a podcast dedicated to getting to the bottom of what it means to be your true, authentic self at work. I am your host, Wendy Brand. Let's take this learning journey together as I meet with guests weekly. Whether you are a leader or individual contributor, a teacher or a nurse, we'll share conversations and stories that highlight meaningful connections, self-awareness, a sense of belonging, and all the components necessary to create a workplace where you can show up in your authentic energy. Welcome back to Authentic Energy. I am your host, Wendy Brand. And if you have not Well, let me first say this. If you are listening to this podcast the day that it launches on Friday, December 8th, it is not too late to sign up for our last Let's Go workshop on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. We just finished up the weekday workshop on Thursday, and it really was amazing. Participants walked away with knowing and understanding their personal values. They created a vision statement for 2024, a set of goals, and we started to scratch the surface of changing behaviors. So if you've not done this yet for yourself or you know someone who may find value in this, please go to my Instagram bio at Wendy Brand Coaching. That's Wendy Brand Coaching and Instagram and follow the link in the bio to sign up. And now for the introduction of my guest for this week. I'm really excited about this conversation. Caroline Pennington is a seasoned executive recruiter bringing a wealth of experience and expertise to the table. She is passionate about connecting talented individuals with top-tier organizations, and she thrives on finding the perfect match. Caroline has partnered with companies ranging from small businesses to Fortune 500 and all types of industries throughout the United States. What I love about our conversation is that really for me, in looking at the employee experience, this is really the entry point to the employee experience. It's your employment brand. It is your 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 hiring process. It is how you treat the employees from the second that they talk to you on the phone for your for the phone interview. It's really that um, the first look at the organization, and so. Without further ado, I hope you'll enjoy this wonderful conversation with Caroline Pennington. All right, welcome back to Authentic Energy. My guest today is Caroline Pennington. Caroline, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it. Wonderful. So excited you're here. You are a just a recruiting expert, and I am so excited to dive into what I consider one of the most important steps in the employee life cycle and that employee journey, how they view the brand and how they're hired is for your, it's the company's first impression, right? To make on an individual. So, so excited that you're here, but let's start by just telling me a little bit about you and how you got here. So thank you for that intro. I actually got started into recruiting in 2010 And if you'll remember correctly, 2010, the economy was in the dumps. Mm. 
Um, so I walked into the recruiting office. It was a big international firm as a candidate. I was looking for a job and they said, why don't you come work for us? So I said, okay, I can do this. Little did I know I was calling on business owners, HR professionals, hiring managers, super excited to talk to them about their hiring needs. <laughs> I was literally getting hung up on, yelled at, cussed out, you name it every single day. But my first 30 days, I was able to make a temporary placement. And that gave me the encouragement to stay in the industry now 15 years. Wow. So I started placing temporary employees, file clerks, AR clerks, call center reps, you know, minimum wage professionals, hourly professionals back then. And now I work in the C-suite space, placing executives. Fantastic. You know, I actually did some of that work myself right out of college. My stepmother owned a franchise. I don't know if you've heard of a deco that she owned the franchise in San Antonio in Corpus Christi, Texas. And so when I came home from college, my first job, she put me to work looking for what they were calling the industrial tech, but it wasn't tech. Like we think of tech. It was like forklift operators. And so I, I would hire, I would spend my time working to find people. And then I would have to get up at like 5 a.m. to call people to remind them to go to work. Like, so I very quickly, I was like, yeah, this is not for me. So congratulations on making it through those early years. And now working with the executives, I'm sure it's, you're not having to call people to remind them to show up. (laughs) No, but I've had plenty of days where I had, and it's funny, I always remind clients, I'm like, they're like, yes, so-and-so accepted the offer. And I'm like, it's not filled until they start because days. Yes. So as I alluded to, I think we both feel like just it is such a critical stage in how an organization represents themselves to the employees, really from employment branding, you know, so that they feel like they connect with the organization and then how we bring them in. Let's talk a little bit about the hiring process. What part of the hiring process do you feel like is important? How are companies doing it well? How are they not doing it well? The hiring process is extremely crucial when recruiting and especially when trying to recruit the best and top talent because how they experience your company through the recruiting process, through the hiring process is going to be is going to make or break whether or not they accept your offer if you choose to offer them the position. So a lot of times companies, they will advertise a job or go out and you know advertise whatever position available, and then candidates will apply and their application goes out to La La Land. So I think that it's really important for candidates, once they apply to your organization, to at least get an email acknowledgement saying, thank you for applying, we're reviewing your resume. Um, so that way they feel like you know their resume is being considered and it'll validate you know their interest in the position. Why does that, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Why does that happen? Is that because the software that companies are using, they haven't configured to have an automatic response? Yes. So it's all in the applicant tracking system. And that can be set up and changed from a tech standpoint. Sometimes I will say, especially with when you get to really big organizations, the volume just gets so high. Mm -hmm. Maybe the tech's not keeping up with the volume, but especially in small to mid-sized organizations, a touch point and acknowledgement is definitely crucial. And then from there, timing is important. So 
it's frustrating when a candidate applies to a job and then never hears back or applies to a job and doesn't hear back for a month or two months or even a couple of weeks is too long to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether or not they're going to be considered or not needs to happen within a couple of days, if not a week or two at most. And companies I see that are hiring really well do that. And even if the answer is no, thank you, people would rather hear that than nothing. Yes. Having been on the receiving end of that, I agree. Yeah. And so the companies that are hiring and doing recruiting really well are doing that. They're getting back to candidates. They're pushing them through the process quickly. Um, I'll break that down based on position even more. So in my opinion, when you're recruiting an entry-level employee, I think a phone interview is appropriate. And then from there, Zoom or an on-site. There does not need to be a third or fourth step when recruiting an entry-level candidate, even a candidate under five years in my experience. Once you get into the five to 10-year mid-level range, a phone interview with HR or the hiring manager, and then a meeting with the hiring manager, and then a meeting with the team. So a phone, two on-sites or two virtual, that's enough. So if we're looking between five years to 10, maybe 12 Three, maybe four, if we got someone out of town, step is enough. Otherwise, you're dragging it out way too far. And then for the executive level, you'll do an intro with the executive team, a phone call, um, then have them come on site, uh, then meet the rest of the team. If there's a relocation involved or spouse involved or whatnot, having them come in, experience the company, do a tour, spend the night, do a dinner, that's the thing. But even the executive level, any more than four, absolutely max five rounds is that's enough. So the companies that are sticking to those steps are the ones who are winning in the talent war. And I imagine, too, at that executive level, there's a little more kind of white glove time to respond. Yeah, absolutely. Because the reality is most of them are highly pursued by other people as well. And so they're not just talking to your and this applies to a lot, most candidates. They're not just talking to your company. But especially when you get to the C-suite space, those individuals, especially if they're top performers, they're actively pursued by a lot of people. So I would encourage companies to even over-communicate like, hey, we're waiting on approval for this. You'll receive an offer between X amount of time period. You know, we're working on XYZ equity plan or stock shares or whatnot. Just over-communicate with them so that they can feel Um, Like they're a part of it and they're getting towards the final steps of closing it. Otherwise, you'll lose interest and you just, they won't even respond anymore. And so you currently are working on your own. So you probably have more control over the response time. I do to an extent. If I'm working with a large organization, a lot of the approval is through HR, but based on the executive team or budgeting or whatnot, the numbers that we're working out. So sometimes that can hang up. From a time perspective, a week, maybe two weeks, no longer than two weeks. Uh, But still, it's my responsibility as the recruiter, or even if they are communicating with the candidate directly, um, to just over-communicate about where we are. It doesn't need to be every day. It could be every couple of days, but just a quick email letting them know where we are in the process so they know that they're still considered for their position. That's great. That's so important. What other, anything else on the, that's important in that hiring process? So streamlining the interview process is super important. In my opinion, showcasing your employer branding and your culture from the very beginning is really important. Just like the response rate we just talked about, 
them getting a response, you know, treating the candidate like you want them to come work there is important. So sometimes I've seen in the past companies, you know, they're late for an interview or they take a phone call during an interview or whatnot. Those simple things go a long way, like really be have a take, have a look at the candidate's resume before they come in and see you. I don't care if it's an entry level position all the way up to C-suite. Just take a look at the resume, give it some time, have some interview questions prepared for them. More than just, hey, just tell me about yourself. Yeah. Actually ask specifics and show them that you've invested in this time and are invested in them interviewing the company. That way they'll feel more included in the process and that you're excited about them. And it's just an interview 101. And it seems simple that you should prepare for it because a lot of people would think, oh, well, I'm the one with the job. They're interviewing with me, but actually interviewing goes both ways. And so the more prepared you can be asking good questions, not just the generic ones and being present during the interview is super crucial. Yeah, it does seem like a simple thing, but you're right. It doesn't always happen. Uh, Everyone's busy, you know, and so they probably. I've been in interviews where someone rushes in, in between meetings and on their phone, and it's not a great candidate experience at all. So you mentioned employment employer brand, and let's talk a little bit about that. Are you finding some consistency in what employees are looking for in their employer? Yes. Employers, three things are the most important to candidates at this time. Number one is company culture. They want to work for a company where they feel valued. They want to work for a company who values their skills. They want to be paid fairly. So compensation is key. I know in a lot of a hot topic right now is whether or not companies post the actual salary range or not. I'm a huge fan of that. Yes. Um, just for the record. Just so it doesn't waste anyone's time. You know, if it's paying 10 or 12K or 1K less than your expectations, you just won't apply and you won't have to go through the whole process. It saves a lot of time for everybody. Are you given autonomy to make that decision if you're if you're if you're able to be transparent with the employee, or does that is it kind of go by what the client wants? For me, I'm 100 transparent about it, and I'm upfront with the companies I recruit for because there's no sense in me wasting my time or the candidates wasting their time or they're wasting their time if after I present a candidate if the numbers aren't going to line up. Right. And so, you know, a lot of times when I say a salary range, I mostly listen. I ask the candidates first, what are your expectations? And typically they'll let me know. Sometimes they say, I don't want to say, but what's what's your range? And then I'll just I'll just say to them, I'm just I like to recruit from a very open and transparent viewpoint. And talking about the numbers is important. I mean, people aren't working for free. This isn't a nonprofit, you know? So so Culture is huge. That's why my candidates are looking. They want to be paid fairly and they do want flexibility. So the companies that are having candidates come back to work full time, they're really losing out on talent. I can't tell you how many calls I've had with candidates that say, man, I love this company, but they're making me come back five days a week and I can't do it because of the commute or family reasons or whatever, fill in the blank. And these companies are losing great employees just because of that. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone say, I'm looking for someone that only is in the, you know, that only has in the office jobs? I have had clients say that. And then here's what happens is I'll have a meeting with a client. They'll say, we want someone to come in site full time. And I'll say, okay, when I go out to the market, 
I am fully transparent about that. And then my response typically is at least 50, if not 65% less of my normal response rate. And I'll go back to the company and relay that message. Okay, I have these people and here's what my response rate has been. It's down 65%. And they'll say, okay, and they'll consider the candidates, et cetera. What happens every single time is they come back around in two or three months and say, okay, we'll lift that requirement. We'll allow flexibility and do flex schedule and have them come in the office two days a week or three days a week or whatever it happens to be. The problem there is I've already gone out to the market. Mm -hmm. I've already talked, communicated the message, the candidates and everything. So I'm going out there and communicating the same group of people about your new situation or requirements that automatically loses trust. Mm, I could see that. That's interesting that it's still so important to potential employees. And it makes sense. I mean, I really think I do know some people that don't believe that it's still important. They kind of have put blinders on and think, no, we're going, you know, every people are going back. It's a lot of people like to work in the office. And I think there are some people that, that enjoy it. They like that, you know, being together all the time. But I think as you're pointing out, it's a 60% difference um, in the, in what you see in those that are interested in going back full-time versus having more flexibility. And you're right. There are people that I've had full-time on-site positions and they have been remote for two or three years now. They're just, they want that human interaction. They want to be back and feel part of something, but those people that are open to going back on site full time, they still want the days where they have a doctor's appointment or a family mm-hmm. member is sick and they can work from home if they need to. Maybe it's not the full week that they're out, but that's been huge too. Yeah. So important. And then, you know, I've, I've heard some, you know, that a, a lot of companies are starting to move towards skills-based hiring and I admit, I don't fully know what that means. I guess that they're making the decision 100% based on skills. Is that what that means? They're weighing skills really heavily, which okay. in my opinion, and what I've seen in my 15 years of recruiting is people can learn the skills. I mean, when you get to a high level, like a CFO and you need a CPA, teaching someone who's been in you know, an operations or admin, those skills are not going to translate. Yeah. But in general... As long as you hire people who have good soft skills and a good attitude, they can learn the other skills. A lot of times I meet with companies and they're like, we want someone to have XYZ software experience. And I'm a recruiter. We work in applicant tracking system. I've worked in six different applicant tracking systems in my recruiting career. They're not that different. So if someone has, you know, similar ATS background or, you know, worked at SAP or something similar, those skills can translate. So that's yeah. why I encourage companies to weigh higher on the soft skill standpoint, because that goes along, that goes a lot further with company culture, integrating in the team, and then being a better long-term fit. And so as a recruiter and for organizations that are really wanting to highlight great things about their employment brand, like flexibility, pay, the culture, how have you seen companies do this successfully? where it's clear what their culture is and it's, you know, it's clear what, what that culture fit would look like. Have you worked with any organizations that have been able to do that well? 
I think for that, having an online presence and putting out content creation regularly is super helpful with that because those candidates, whether or not they know your company or not, they are consuming content. And so having a LinkedIn page for your company, actively posting on that, not only the posting on that, like we're hiring for XYZ job, but saying, you know, our company did this service project together or this happy hour, or, you know, we're rolling out 2024 benefits this week. You know, it's enrollment time. We're excited to offer the new benefits to our employees and just keeping people so they can see it and they can feel it and they can experience it. And if they interact with your company online, you know, engaging with them too. So that way, when you do have a position available, they'll know how your company feels, the company culture, they'll be familiar with the branding. At that point, your company should have a good following or good reputation. Um, And that's hard to control online, but putting the content out there and just reinforcing it, I think is super helpful. People are on their phones and on their computers all day, every day. So the more they consume of your content, the better. Yeah, that's a great point. A couple of years ago, I was looking at moving into a VP of HR role at an organization. I was interviewing with them. And so I did. I went to their website to see what they were all about. They were a German-based company and they had all this great stuff for the German employees. Like they were showcasing the events and the there was nothing for the U.S. employees. And I thought, hmm, you know, is that the type of organization that they are? And do I want to work for an organization where the U.S. team is, you know, I mean, so it really helped me to consider whether that was the culture that I wanted to be a part of, or were they looking for me? Then I could ask those questions is part of my role, making sure that the U.S. feels included. And so I love that you say that kind of the presence, the online presence is important. I've also worked for an organization that had a great customer brand. So the this, their social media with their customers was very interactive and engaged. And that alone, even though the employment brand wasn't very obvious or out front, you could look at us and say, oh, this looks like a fun culture because the customers were such raving fans. You thought, wow, the employee, it must be a great employee culture as well. So even if you don't have that employee branding, which I think is critical, if you can, you know, if the, if the customer brand is is strong enough, you may be able to supplement there. But that's a good point that you make too, because testimonials and feedback, I mean, companies that put their current employees on video or have testimonials, like you said, of their clients, of the great experience that they've had working there, that goes such a long way. And it could even be simple stuff like, hey, we did a Halloween contest and this team member won. They were a bumblebee or whatever. Yes. Like, I mean, people love that stuff. Yes. 100%. Awesome. Well, this is, I love this conversation. I think, you know, it it really is the starting point of the employee journey into an organization. And it can be so off-putting if that hiring process is not seamless or if they go for a long time without hearing from someone, it just sets sets you off on a bad tone. So I I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much, Caroline. So how if people want to find you, how how can they work with you? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'll send you my LinkedIn to tag in the show notes. And then I have a weekly newsletter called How to Hire Top Talent. And that comes out every Tuesday, direct direct to your inbox. But it comes with pro tips on how to hire top talent. 
Perfect. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. Thanks, Wendy. Okay. What a great conversation. Here are my takeaways. Number one, companies that are winning in the talent war are following these steps. First, for candidates with less than five years experience, one phone interview and one Zoom or on-site interview. For candidates with five to 10 years experience, one phone interview and two on-site or virtual meetings. For example, one with the hiring manager and one with the team. And then for executive level candidates, one phone interview and no more than four four in-person interviews needed. Number two, showcasing employer branding and culture is so important in the hiring process. It's critical. Number three, look at the candidate's resume before you meet with them. Prepare some interview questions in advance and be present. Show them you are invested in their hiring process. Number four, when it comes to employer brand, candidates are looking at company culture, compensation, and flexibility. Number five, skills-based hiring is when the skills are weighted most heavily. Depending on the role, skills can typically be learned more easily than the softer skills, which are better for long-term fit. Number six, having an online presence with regular content creation is a good way to communicate employer brand and highlight culture. I'm going to have Caroline's LinkedIn in the show notes, and I'm also going to put a link in the show notes for you to subscribe to her weekly newsletter for all of the best practices and tips on how to hire top talent. That's it for today. I hope you'll continue to listen. I really appreciate you being here. I hope you'll continue to join us for conversations around the employee experience, culture, what it means to be an employee and be in the workplace. Thank you so much for listening.